Hey Lemur CC and community members, it is I, Ulu, the director of Lemur Community College. I want to give you a warm welcome to the Gain Knowledge Build Relationships series, hosted by Lemur's very own student government. The purpose of this series is to create a space where Lemur CC and UH system students, as well as community members, can listen to the different talk stories that highlight a wide variety of topics, including campus system updates from administrators, to personal stories from different individuals as a way to build a safe community and gain information that may be helpful to all different walks of life. We hope you enjoyed this series. In this episode, Student Government hosted a talk story with Chancellor Carlos Peñalosa as a way to find out the updates that are happening on campus and possibly system-wide, especially as for the upcoming Spring 2022 semester. Please note that in addition to this episode's updates that were shared, there could always be additional or change updates in the near future. Now, let me pass it on to the main host. On CUSG. This is Alex with your student government, and today I am here with Chancellor Carlos Pinalosa to talk about the upcoming spring semester, questions about COVID-19, questions about vaccinations, and also just general questions to get people prepared and excited for this upcoming semester. Thank you so much for listening today, and thank you so much for joining us, Carlos. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Alex. And thanks everyone for hosting me again. I always enjoy having these moments. I think in the past, I've actually had a virtual background, so you haven't seen my mannequin. Uh, but I'm always very proud of my regalia. It's something that we do earn as we go through the process. And so I like to display it. Um, so not a real person behind me. Um, <laughs> a couple of things, you know, we, we are excited about uh, the spring semester and beginning this post-pandemic world. Uh, but with that, and as you've probably been hearing through the grapevine, there are new variants and new threats. I think that we all get a sense of what the world is feeling when you hear unemployment rates, when you hear the stock market crashing a little bit. And all of this has a ripple effect in the way in which we all behave and do things. Uh, the university, though, has really taken a, a great deal of precautions, and we've been more on the moderate approach to returning to a normal um, by, by doing things that I think are well-informed. Um, and so as you've probably sensed, uh, the campus here at Leeward, we've had more face-to-face -face interaction and more activities on campus, one of which actually just happened yesterday. And so it's really exciting to see a little bit more vibrant life on campus. But that being said, we're nowhere near normal. Uh, we're still very conservative. We're still wearing our masks almost everywhere, including outdoors for those of us that are a little more comfortable doing that. Um, and we've also 
nudged a little bit on our practices and policies at the university as it relates to vaccination requirements and testing. And so just as a general update for those of you that are not super familiar with this, through this semester, through this fall semester, students and employees are able to come to campus if you've been fully vaccinated or if you upload a COVID negative test result on Lumisite and you answer your questionnaire. And so that's been the case. And so that's really helped address, uh, address uh, instances where you know, folks that are not feeling well or that have been exposed stay home. We've had very few instances of COVID cases on campus, none of which have uh, really demonstrated any spread on campus. It just really meant that someone that happened to have COVID showed up to campus for a little bit. So we've been, we've been safe in that, in that way and I'm knocking on wood because that's a great place to be in. Um, as we move now toward the spring semester, the novelty or the updates are that both students and employees uh, need to be fully vaccinated. Now I'll demystify that a little bit. Um, on the employee side, all employees need to be fully vaccinated whether you're working on campus or working remotely. That's the case in terms of employees. On the student side, if you wanna participate in anything on campus, you need to be fully vaccinated, right? But if you're in it just for the online curriculum, which by the way, we're great at, and you know, we're, we offer a great deal of online uh, instruction, for those students that just wanna continue and complete their education fully online, like those that live on another island, um, then the fully vaccinated requirement is not a requirement for you. You can, uh, you know, you, you don't have to be vaccinated or, or necessarily even test to take our classes. And so that's something that's a little bit new that you may be experiencing right now if you are registering for classes. A student that is fully vaccinated that has been vetted through the college is able to see and register for whatever classes you want to register for. Whereas a student that's not fully vaccinated is not able to register for classes that have a face-to-face -face interaction. And so that's new, and that's part of us trying to generate an environment where we can be a little bit more relaxed. To the extent that come spring semester, social distancing is no longer a requirement. It's a luxury, it's not a requirement, okay? And so we could have a full classroom in, uh, up and going. We still require masks because we're conservative, but now we're gonna be able to open other spaces on campus that have been kind of put on the down low for a little bit. Uh, for example, events at the theater, we'll be able to reopen theater. Spaces like the cafeteria, you know, we've actually been open. It's just that we've been conservative. With the new announcements from both city, from city and county, as well as the university, all of these spaces, we will be able to come back to full capacity with a, one caveat that anyone that is on campus has to be fully vaccinated. And so I wanted to provide that to give you an idea of what you may experience if you show up in spring 22. Uh, we are gonna have more classes face-to-face, -face, but we're still seeing the students like online and so we're not going to be back to, you know, 2019, but we're going to have more face-to-face. -face. We're going to allow more activities. We're going to be a little bit more uh, vibrant in that way. What I will say, though, is 
we don't want to be irresponsible about it. So whereas in the past, we used to do a lot of potluck and all of these things, we're still trying to go down the modest route of to-go type meals, bentos, for example, where there isn't that much exchange of anything. Um, because the, the reality is that this virus is going to stay uh, more or less like the flu. Um, there'll be new variants, but we know that for individuals that are fully vaccinated, you know, we weather it a lot better. And so we just don't want to put anyone at risk. And so we'll remain a little bit conservative to that end. Um, I do have a couple of other very quick updates and then I'll, I'll allow for the questions to come through and I hope that I have answers for you. Um, but I will say um, that we recently celebrated Giving Tuesday. You may have seen the blasts on social media and on email. We did uh, highlight our food pantry. You know, when, when we were asked as, as uh, leadership what we wanted to contribute to, I felt that that one was one of our bigger needs. Um, you know, most of this information is coming to me through surveys as well as Lexer um, in terms of what our needs really look like. And while we have been able to contribute in some capacities through different streams, uh, you know, this is funding that can be utilized when we most need it, especially if it's part of the foundation bucket. Um, and so not necessarily coming from other sources. And I think that it was a major success, quite frankly, um, I, I contributed my own funds to match some dollars to two major categories. One of them was the food pantry, and then the other one was an equity and access scholarship. Um, it's nice to see that both goals were exceeded. Uh, so just to report out on the food pantry side, um, we, we got a little over $3,300 in just one day. That's a really nice thing, especially because Leeward hasn't really actively participated in Giving Tuesday activities. So it's kind of new. Um, we've had four university-wide efforts, but not specifically to our own funds. Um, and on the scholarship side, they're still doing the tally. <laughs> we know that at the very least, we got $1,500, uh, but, but people kept giving. And so they're still doing the math. Um, and so it's really nice to be able to end the year that way because it's a nice gesture from everyone that contributed knowing that this is gonna to go to directly help our students. Um, and so with that, I'll pause here and see if you all have any questions for me that are more specific and I'll try to give you some answers. Chancellor Pinulosa, thank you so much for all the information that you gave us, um, especially on the plans for reopening uh, at a more full capacity in the spring. Uh, what do you think is the percentage of face-to-face -face classes versus online courses uh, for this upcoming spring uh, about? Sure thing. So most of this can still change, and this is based on student interest. <laughs> um, but I will say that as of right now, we are scheduled at about 68% uh, online, right? So let me give a little bit of perspective. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we were about 30% online. Uh, during the height of the pandemic, we were well over 80% online. This current semester, uh, this fall semester, we're about 78% online. Um, and so right now, we're scheduled at about 68% online. To give you a little bit of an idea, on average, any given semester, we offer between 900 and 1,000 sections. So 10% is a pretty significant number of sections that we have scheduled to have some type of face-to-face -face interaction. Um, but we still are at that registration pivot point 
where if we don't get enough enrollment, enough massive enrollment in those face-to-face -face classes, we may switch them to hybrid or be creative because we do want to give that face-to-face -face experience to our students. Yeah, so thank you, Carlos. Um, in addition to what you already shared about spring semester being at full capacity, what else other changes are there that students should expect in spring? Sure. And so for any of you that have been on campus during the pandemic, you've probably seen a great deal of plexiglass and a great deal of labels on the floor where to keep your distance and whatnot. So we're being proactive in that if allowable, so if the rooms have that kind of space, we're asking people to kind of keep their distance, but come the spring, social distancing will not be required. And so when we started the fall semester, we were looking, uh, or actually during the height of the pandemic, we were looking at six feet of social distancing that's since reduced to three feet and moving forward is gonna disappear. Uh, but we've been looking as a campus, again, we don't wanna be totally irresponsible. So again, we'll try to maintain some hybrid practice, not required, but suggested that we do keep some distancing anyways. Masks will remain the same. We still ask that everyone wear their masks. Now, I will put a couple of caveats. If I could put asterisks on my statements, it'd be just asterisks. Um, <laughs> but we don't know what the Thanksgiving break is going to do in terms of cases. And we don't know what the winter break is going to do in terms of cases or what the flu season is going to ultimately do for us. And so much of this could totally change. But given our requirement of vaccinated folks on campus only, we should be in good shape to keep on moving forward to this post-pandemic model where we are a little bit more flexible in what we do. So Kehlohi, to, to answer your question more directly, you may not perceive too much other than more people in, in uh, the overall campus and more people in any given space. Um, we are still gonna deliver all of our services online for those that are online, that's gonna stay. <laughs> Um, and, and we're gonna try to open up more spaces. So if you've passed through our cafeteria, if you pass through more of our common areas, we're gonna expand a little bit on that. So um, the more recent days that I've walked through the cafeteria, you've probably seen that we moved a lot of chairs and tables to the side of the cafeteria so that not many people were congregating. We're gonna start to move some things back so that you can begin to socialize a little bit more, but modestly. So I think, this is also ties in. So just as you said, how only everyone on campus has to be vaccinated, does that include all instructor, instructors who are teaching? Sure. So all UH employees have to be fully vaccinated as of January 3rd. Like for students, there are instances where there will be a medical or religious exemption. Uh, that, that allows for an employee not to be vaccinated, but they would then have to test. Um, we suspect, and we don't have the numbers yet, that it's going to be a really, 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 really tiny number. Uh, because if you were here during our vaccination frenzy, I think we, we saw just about every one of our Leeward employees uh, on, online for their vaccination. Um, and so we expect a very small population to be in the exemption side. Um, but yes as a UH expectation, all employees have to be fully vaccinated. That's either uh, the two vaccination sequence or the Johnson & Johnson single vaccination plus the two weeks. That's what um, fully vaccinated means for the university. 
Um, and so we're beginning to track that and reminding everyone that come January 3rd, that's, uh, that's an expectation. So not just instructors, but every employee type. Picking back, piggybacking off of that, um, are there any plans to follow through with folks' um, what's the word uh, booster shots in in those? Like, is is there any uh, going to be any change of protocol from two shots to only have to have three shots? Is that a is that in talks for next semester or th this semester at all? I can't say that, it, that that it's in talks. We have had quite a bit of conversation, and, and quite frankly, it's, it's it's readily available uh, for certain types of, of workers, including educators. Um, and so many have already taken advantage of it. I've already personally scheduled myself, and it was pretty easy and readily available. Um, additionally, um, Leeward is offering it to its employees. Um, and so, but, but as, it, as, as a requirement, it's a little bit early for that. I think that once it's opened up to any possible person, uh, then we may go down that, that road of, of requiring it. But um, it's suggestive right now. It's not really picked up any traction. Thank you so much. And um, just one more question on my end about the COVID-19 pandemic in general. Um, as the news of the omnivariant is um, so prevalent and you know there's so much concern as if we're going to experience it here on the islands, um, I guess this is kind of a two-parter question. First part would be, do you have, I mean, I'm sure you do have plans. I'm just kind of curious, what are the plans, if you'd mind sharing, of an, another shutdown, what, Leeward, what, what kind of steps Leeward would take if we did get shut down again? And the second part of the question would be, how do those plans differ than uh, before before the omnivariant? Um, are they is the are the measures more extreme? Yeah. So so while we do have some uh, plans to mitigate potential, uh, you know, you know, comebacks of 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 the pandemic, we don't really suspect that it's going to be as aggressive as we've had them in the past primarily because the majority of the population is already fully vaccinated. Uh, that being said, though, the one difference that I will say, because in as much preparation as we can have, this is still going to be a very reactive thing. The vast majority of our faculty have already established their curriculum in an online modality so that we could pivot that way. And all of our services have as well. We all have the technology and the resources, and we've certainly invested in the infrastructure. Uh, in the eventuality that we have to do that. Um, among some of us that have been having conversations, especially as you keep your ear on the news, um, is that if we do have something, we would hope that it would be short term. Um, and, and that in, in, if there's any pivot, um, we, would, we would do it very much the same way that we did back in March of 2020, only a little bit quicker and more effectively. We know that some courses we can deliver online, but we already have all of the resources available for social distancing, for um, you know, barriers and all of these things. Um, and so we are ready for it. And so the one difference that I will say would, would happen is that our communication would be a lot cleaner because we are not building the plane as we're flying. Um, we would also have all of the resource, resources available and there would be a much shorter learning curve for both students and, and employees because we've already lived it. 
Um, and so the plans are more or less to be reactive the same way that we were before, only a lot better prepared. Um, but again, given the, uh, the level of vaccination, so Hawaii happens to be one of the states where we've had the highest, well, some of the highest vaccination rates. Um, and being a state entity that requires vaccinated folks um, as of January 3rd, we really, we, we're, we're not suspecting that this is gonna change much of our operations, even if there were a little bit of a surge uh, on the cases. Okay, thank you so much. Um, kind of changing gears, can you tell us a little bit about the general education redesign and uh, what kind of feedback are you expecting or um, how should student government approach this? Sure, so, and, and, and this is a question that I probably should have pivoted earlier, but um, I'm assuming that you all get communications through some channel about the general education reform and you're seeing where it's going. Um, and so um, just as a very brief overview, uh, this is something that happens not only at the University of Hawaii, but most uh, educational systems, where over time we tend to go in our own little directions and it makes it a little bit difficult on the student side to transition from one place to the next because you kind of lose things in the translation. Every institution can set their own requirements. Every institution can have their own flavor of courses. And that's really important. It's paramount to the educational system. Uh, that creativity um, is, is, is important for us to become, again, those critical thinkers and the leaders of the future. But there is a space where there has to be some universal approach to the education because now more than ever, students are moving. <laughs> students are going from one place to the next, changing their mind with their educational goals. And it is not fair to have a student necessarily take say a year worth of, of curriculum to have only half of it validated when they move somewhere else or where they may need to retake a requirement that quite frankly they've already met. Um, and so that's what kicked off the general education reform here for the university because we have seven community colleges and three universities that we should all be able to translate freely, right? Um, you're probably aware of this, but out of the 6,000 plus students that we have here at Leeward, a whole third of them, about 2,000 students, are actually students that are home-based elsewhere, right? The only way for these students and for us to be successful is that these courses are universally transferred, right? And so the impetus is to get a feel for what general education should be university-wide so that everyone could begin moving in that same direction. Not necessarily saying everyone's gonna teach the same from the same book, but it's suggesting that these courses should be honored more organically. That being said, as a student, what is important is that you have the quality and the variety of education, in my opinion, that meets your needs, right? Some of the threats that come from work like the general education reform is that some disciplines may lose their steam, right? Because they may not meet certain general education requirements that in the reform, we may lose some aspect and gain some others. We may lose some focus and gain some others. And so if there are things that are important to you, it's important to reflect on what's coming about in this general education reform and be sure that you express that that's important to you. 
You know, I recently had a conversation with one of our division chairs who happens to be a philosopher, right? So philosophy is one of those disciplines that I consider quite important, but it's one of those disciplines that if you gave almost any student options, you know, many years back, they would have taken it. Nowadays, it's one of those disciplines that is, is kind of losing enrollment, right? And if you kick that discipline out of, out of the general education sequence, for example, uh, you lose quite some, a great deal of value. I remember when I was a college student and I was told that I needed to take six credits in history. Gee, I wondered, right? History was always a weakness of mine. <laughs> Um, I, I, I wasn't really very engaged in the discipline and I questioned it. Why do I need history when I'm going to be a biologist? Um, and now I can reflect on it and my God, do I love history. And so, um, you know, it's, it's important not when you're seeing it, but in the tail end when you're, when you're performing, when you're doing it, when you're utilizing it. And so, again, as a student, that's where the value comes in. Your voice is important because we don't want to become an, a sterile educational environment, right? If everyone takes the same course and we all think the same, it's kind of robotic. We all need that creativity and that freedom to express ourselves, and that only comes through exploration of different disciplines. From a student perspective, that's what I would be worried about. Almost everything else from a reform is quite frankly a benefit of the reform, right? Your courses will be more valued. Um, there will be uh, better sequencing. There'll be better transferability. STAR would be much cleaner. So all of those are great benefits. But from a value of education, that's what I would suggest students should focus on is what's important and valuable to you. We are in a, in a state, in a university that, you know, has as part of its core mission um, an emphasis or, or additional value to a sense of place and being a native Hawaiian institution. And so that's critically important to the university and should probably remain critically important to general education. Um, and so that's what I would say from, from the channels, and I don't know, maybe I'll punt over to Lexer if if student government uh, or student leadership have their own channel to, sub to submit feedback. Alternatively, our faculty senate is collecting feedback and I know that you have a seat there as well. And so I, I don't know the direct channels uh, where on, on, on how this feedback is coming, but I know that I'm gonna be at a, at a refresher of what's going on with general education tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, so student government, um, Michael Quadri presented, which was fantastic. It really, um, he really helped make some clarity, right, on, again, some of the either terminology or, you know, just some of the cumbersome information that was there. So that was great. Um, they'll be attending some of the town halls um, as well. So students that are watching, uh, student government is really trying to be diligent and understanding, right, this redesign. Um, and so they'll be able to provide the feedback. And I believe Student Caucus is also looking at it too. And so the caucus level is reviewing in addition to all the student governments. Um, so yeah, I mean, we really just wanted to do a lot of research, understand it before providing feedback. That's great. And, and your feedback is very important and you all have everyone's ears. I mean, you're, you're who we serve. And so wherever you make your statements, uh, they're taken seriously. But I do think that from the focus uh, and efforts uh, toward this reform, it would be more toward accessibility and availability and diversity of curriculum 
uh, more so than what the framework and structure would look mechanically for those of us that are on the administrative side of the university. So. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. That yeah, that provides them with a little more foundation. Okay, Alex or anyone in SG. Yeah, if anyone doesn't have any more questions, um, just want to say, Chancellor Pinalosa, thank you so much for joining us and thanks for getting everyone ready and prepared and excited for this upcoming spring semester. I know it's going to be a great one. So we really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you very much. And before you stop the recording, I do want to say a big thank you to all of our students, a really big thank you to our student leadership that's kept me engaged and on my toes. I stand up for every meeting. Um, and, I, and I will say that I'm looking forward to our future engagement. With that, I want to wish everyone the best and happiest of holidays with great food, great family and friends. Um, while being conservative, the virus is still out, and so we want to be conservative. Uh, we don't want to do any spikes here for our spring semester. Uh, do encourage folks to register. Um, we are, you know, in that registration frenzy right now, so tell your friends. Um, and everyone else too that are not your friends, that they should register. So thank you and happy holidays. Looking forward to our next semester. I am so caught up with all this information. Mahalo Chancellor Penaloza for all the updates. Mahalo to everyone that listens or watched this Gain Knowledge Build Relationships episode. As mentioned, updates are constantly coming in, so please stay tuned for more next month. Don't forget to stay connected with my friends at Libre CC Student Government by following them on Instagram at LibreSG and their YouTube page, LibreSG. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to continue listening for more stories, continue to be on the lookout for the Libre CC Student Life podcast and find the Gain Knowledge Build Relationship series and episodes. Remember to stay safe, stay connected, and keep gaining knowledge. This is Ulu signing off. Oh, who are you?